0: Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 66. I'm Christina Sousa Ma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those of you who are on the leading edge of creating change of, on this planet. Today, our show is Channeling Energetic Healing. Dr. Raina McGill. Now at any time during this presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. Or if you feel brave enough, you are more than welcome to call into our conference line. And the number is 323-476-3997. And your uh, participant number is 607 three pound. So let us take a moment now and welcome this individual who has uh, been part of our faculty on the Virtual World Yoga Meditation Conference uh, back in 2010, our very first conference. An amazing, amazing woman that uh, the more I've gotten to know, the more that there is just so much to tell and share uh, that I, I do believe we could go on and on with one show weekly with this individual, <laughs> um, uh, who also, uh, if you watched our previous episode with Dr. Mikio Sanki, is an esoteric acupuncture and is also an energetic channeler. So let us welcome together Dr. Raina McGill. Hello, Dr. McGill. Hi, Christina. Thank you for asking me to be on the show. Oh, We are so honored to finally be in touch with you again um, and be able to share your wonderful, wonderful expertise with the rest of the world. (laughs) Thank you. You're most kind. (laughs) Isn't it amazing now that we can do this from such a distance and, and feel like we're in the same room together?
1: I know. It's like, what... Uh, I keep saying to myself, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
0: wow. Hologram. <laughs> right. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um Dr. McGill, can you share with our audience? Um your, your background is so extensive. Um could you share with them uh like where you're from and you know all the different modalities that you actually have immersed yourself in?
1: Well, I was born in Wisconsin. I lived there for a short time, moved to Montana, then on to California. And back to Wisconsin. I lived in Europe then for mm, five five years. Um, Georgia, South Carolina,
0: <laughs> California. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, was this all uh, with work that you were moving here and there, or or was it just your experiences that you just delve into?
1: Uh, most of it was the result of. My father moved around a lot, mm. and so did um, my first husband.
0: I see. So, so And then d- during this process, were, what, what uh, kept you moving forward? Well, I,
1: I think the, the thing that keeps me moving forward, and I say that in the present tense because I'm doing some new things again,
0: <laughs> i I know you I, know that's I, so wonderful
1: I <laughs> um I think it's a basic curiosity about how do things work, how does my mind work, how does my body work? how mm. does my spirit and you know work together with all of that so i have always been curious
0: mm.
1: Mm. i I'm, i i think um, it's probably the thing that most people give up too soon in life. They they just no longer asking questions. I mean, you're a curious person, so you totally I'm sure understand <laughs> how important it is to be, you know, out there looking around. There's always something new.
0: Yes. Yes, I, I, that that's really the main catalyst for what we do here at Yoga Hub because the learning doesn't stop. It just never stops. There's always some thing, some new modality or a very, very old, traditional, ancient modality that we don't even know about. And, and it's so wonderful to bring it forward and just touch the tip of that iceberg.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what I've noticed is that Many of the ancient methods that I've been taught by a number of um, shamans and teachers of different sorts are now being seen as the new science. So it's like <laughs> uh, something, something strange is going on here. But <clears throat> um, you know, if if someone wants to talk about. Zero-point energy, for example, which is something that's new in physics, Um, that sounds great, but then you go back and you look at many of the ancient texts, and zero-point energy is that point of meditation where you have attained a stillness in your body and your mind, but yet the energy still keeps moving. It's still there. Mm. It's never totally
0: gone. Mm. 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 Lovely way of putting it. Thank you for sharing that. So, so Reina, during your journeys, well, I mean, how did, how did all this come about? How did your, your, your journey into the healing arts of acupuncture and energetic healing, how did that all come about? Was it from childhood that you knew you were always curious about this side or or was it in your adulthood?
1: As a child, I was always curious, and I also had the ability to see things that other people didn't see, mm. and that included energy fields around individuals,
0: mm. and um, such as an aura, I'm
1: an aura, and, and... Uh, sometimes it's now called the biofield. Mm. It's the same thing, just you know, an upgraded word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, the scientific side of things. Like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I learned about my business, you know, raising children. And then I was introduced to uh, a group of people that were with what was called uh, Spiritual uh, Frontiers. Um, and it was a group that was very active in the 50s, 60s, and probably up into the 70s. Mm. Um, and they were interested in psychic phenomenon of all types. Mm. And so I, to them, I discovered that what I thought was normal and that everybody did every day and why talk about it, was not. Mm. And from that point, then I went on to the University of Minnesota, went back to school, and obtained a degree. Uh, it's it's called an independent major uh, in three fields because I was interested in, at that time, studying more deeply parapsychology because I wanted to understand how it was that uh, oftentimes people could know things through other than their normal senses, Mm -hmm. Um, how sometimes people could lay hands on and people would be healed. I I had a great curiosity. I knew from my own experience that that happened, Mm -hmm. but now I wanted to be able to uh substantiated through a scientific method and so that's kind of where my story took me and uh since then I've had the opportunity to work with a variety of indigenous medicine people um I've worked with uh, I spent a few weeks of uh, one summer at uh, the Rhine Institute at Duke University, uh, quite some time ago, um, I finally—I th- I think what happened was—I uh, wanted—I was ready to change careers again.
0: <laughs> After first, I, you I had noticed, your family. Uh, that was the first chapter of your life. Then you joined this organization. That was the second chapter of your life. And then you went back to school <laughs> and did your masters. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but the, the the latest thing I'm doing, I think, is a um, a combination of all of the things I had experienced and and had taken part in. When I was younger, Mm. because what I do now with the esoteric acupuncture and with channeling energy is I I no longer need to have a scientific proof. Mm. I know it works. And I know it's been scientifically substantiated for at least 40 years. And that does not mean it's been accepted. It just means it's been experiments have shown it actually exists. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: So what I'm doing now is I'm taking all of that experience and the knowledge I've gained, and I'm using it in a way which I think uh, is more beneficial for a larger part of humanity in the sense that if we were all had better health, we would all have an opportunity then to experience our life in a much higher, more harmonious level.
0: Mm. Yes. Yes. So, Mm
1: -hmm. what I'm doing now is um, basically working with people, trying to show them how they can help heal themselves, I channel energies um, uh, to help answer uh, questions. When I look at people, um, clients who come in, I look at the aura that they are coming in with. And I've seen them often enough for a long enough period of time that I can kind of read what's going on right away. Mm. And, And based on that and and on their on their willingness to be healthy, mm-hmm. I can then use needles or other, um, sometimes I use crystals, sometimes I use other types of equipment to um, assist them to bring some balance and healing into their life. Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, the
1: more important is they have to be willing.
0: I, I was and, just about to say that. You had just touched on a really very, very important point. It is that willingness and that the individual needs to have in place, align, be aligned with before <laughs> anything will help, even traditional medicines.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I had a patient um, that i have been seeing for about three months and she keeps having problems with her shoulder. And uh, I'd straighten it out, and she'd be moving her arm around and, and using her hand, and it would keep coming back. And, you know, I finally, I said to her, I said, look, I believe the problem is that you're refusing to let go of something from your past. I'm not going to venture a guess as to what it is. I think you know what it is. And... Uh, unless you can let go, I think you'll be coming to see me for the rest of your life, <laughs> and that's not what I want. <laughs> I got an email from her about oh, about four or five days later, and she said, "You know, I thought about it. You're right. There is something that I've been hanging on to. I don't want to let it go." Um. I guess I'll have to, uh-huh. so we'll see, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah we'll it's a see. process it's quite a process. It's like peeling it away is. those layers and layers of skin on the onion. It is, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness most they you've seen the figures um
1: at least eighty percent of the uh, uh complaints that are people go to their doctor with Mm. are psychosomatic in origin. That means that they originate in their mind, in their thoughts, in their thinking. But I think they also oftentimes can originate in past lives. Uh, And I know that people, not everyone uh, holds that there is such a thing as having past lives and future lives. But um, more and more the evidence is beginning to show that there is something going on, and maybe it's what Jung called the universal unconscious, and then you're just tapping into it and... You happen
0: to tap into the wrong cell. I don't know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, I didn't <knew> want that. <laughs> can, I, but, can I exchange my cell, please? <laughs> yeah, there, there, There's so much
1: that we're beginning to just see the very top of the tip of that iceberg, which indicates that Based on what Einstein told us, energy, new energy is not created, it's just old, recycled again and again and again. Hmm. And um, maybe that energy carries a vibration of remembrance for a particular type of illness or condition. I don't, I'm not saying that I can prove that. I'm just saying my experience has been that when I work with some people and talk with them about the possibility of what they're experiencing being related to another time and place, and I I go through um, a couple of processes that I do, that after that's done, the problem is gone mm-hmm. and it doesn't return. So... I don't know. Hmm.
0: Hmm. I'd like. I'd like to believe I did. <laughs> you facilitated. Yes. Yes. That's that's uh, that's part of the channeling, isn't it? Is being yep. able to facilitate mm-hmm. that side of it, and and I do. I mean, in life, once we're conscious about something and become aware of something, it's it's easier to acknowledge it, honor it, and allow it to move on. So.
1: Well, that's the most important thing you just said, to move on. You know, I tell my uh, friends and my colleagues and and anyone who will listen to me, look, if you know the 23rd Psalms, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Well, the operative word is I walk through. I don't set up a tent beside the river <laughs> and
0: stay there
1: for my whole life. on, I keep moving.
0: <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. You can stay there if you want, but it's not very pleasant. Keep moving. <laughs> yeah, I keep moving. There, there's a lot more to see. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well put. Um, so, Reina, uh, how, I mean... So so now you're I mean today we're we're focusing on the topic of energetic healing and channeling mm-hmm. energetic healing. Can you uh, articulate what that actually means, what it encompasses? Well, <clears throat> I believe
1: in the simplest terms when I say I'm channeling energy, I'm not doing something that first of all, you can't do, or anyone else. You can do it. It's you. You have to make a decision to do it. But it's like uh, directing the energy to a certain place, and that place has, let's say, turned the switch on. In other words, they indicated that somehow, or other they're open to receiving the energy and a, a good example is think of how the energy leaves an electrical plant and it travels on wires goes everywhere and if you don't turn the switch on you don't you don't get the electricity the toaster doesn't work the refrigerator doesn't keep things cold You have to accept it by turning on the switch. And I believe that's the same thing that happens in energy healing. If I'm working with someone from a distance, if that person, for whatever reason, does not want to be well, I can do, I can pull every trick I can think of out of the bag and none of it will work. Mm. None of it. Because the switch is not on. Mm-hmm. Now, people will say they um, they say to you that they want to be well, but you talk with them for any length of time, and they'll talk about the past twenty years of being ill. And that's how they've defined themselves.
0: They really pitched that tent solid in that ground. God, they built the yes. log cabin.
1: <laughs> but but energy is everywhere. Everywhere present. Uh, Tesla showed in many of the um, experiments he did at the turn of the twentieth uh, century that there is always what's referred to as free electricity available in the air it's just learning how to uh, get to grasp it and then put it into a useful form and we know from things out of um, quantum physics that everything is energy everything it, even the air that appears to not have anything in it is filled with energy. And that energy can be directed. I I wouldn't say that that energy has a mind of its own or a, a sense of self as we do, but it can be directed, it can be encouraged to come or to go,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it takes a little. It take it takes a little time. Uh, takes some effort, and to some extent, it may even take some training. Mm-hmm. But it's available.
0: Now, now, when you connected with this, or, or did you have training for this, or because of your path, you just sort of intuitively connected with it.
1: I intuitively connected with it, but I've gotten training. I have um level one, level two Reiki master. Mm-hmm. I have studied with uh, an American uh, Indian medicine man. I've studied, well, actually three Am- Americans, <laughs> uh, um, a Peruvian, and also um, a, a Mexican um uh, Shaman or Kuandaro. And through that process, I've learned new things. I've learned new techniques. But I did have some basic ability that was just a natural part of who it was that I I came into this life being. Mm. So and i used to teach a class at the university of minnesota and i taught people there how to develop their esp which included uh their healing ability and some of them went on to do some very interesting um things with the uh what they learned the they <clears throat> at least they reported back to me That they were instrumental in doing easy things like getting rid of migraine headaches and uh, basically headaches, back pain. And and the back pain, they did that without doing massage. They Mm. did that just by holding their hand at a distance from the area that was painful and sending energy into that area that was
0: painful. Mm. and the pain left and and these are students of yours that had never had any training for reiki no of such they just they were studying esp with you
1: yeah and this was before i even had any reiki training (laughs) (laughs) so you know yeah
0: oh my goodness yeah how wonderful how wonderful! I, I think it's always very interesting to track the path of individuals and the directions that they go. Um, so, so now, so I, I'm coming back to this connection of of energy and um, how one knows, or how how would one know when they have connected or when they are aligned with. The energies. I mean, it could be for oneself. It could be for healing oneself. Isn't that correct? Or yes. Or mm-hmm. using it uh,
1: to help someone
0: else. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I th- there's a couple of things that seem to be pretty common. Uh, most of the people who do it well have a a sense of empathy, but not sympathy for someone who is ill. Um sympathy would be when the person looks at the ill individual and and thinks, well I'm I'm healthy, therefore I'm a little better then. Mm. And empathy is someone who looks and sees that there's illness and the other person recognizes that they themselves have had some times of illness and out of that feeling of compassion directs the um the attention towards the individual who is not well. And you know, I used to when I'd see an ambulance go by, I I would bless whoever was in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. That was my way of sending energy To someone, I had no idea who they were or what was going on or what they needed. But I felt that the soul or the spirit would use that energy in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. I didn't direct it, in other words, and say, oh, well, you have to go this way or you have to go that way or you have to do this or that. Just basically sent out the, the energy to the situation with the understanding that something more intelligent than myself would know where to direct it.
0: Mm. Interesting. Interesting. It's really lovely to hear you say that because it's something that uh, I have done for a good part of my life, when ambulance or fire, every time I hear a siren of some uh-huh. sort, yeah, you know, it's just sending blessings in that direction, uh, non-specific. And and ever since having a child, that's the first thing that I taught my child was send blessings. Every time he hears a siren, <laughs> so it's very interesting to hear another individual that does that. I I, don't you think it's a good idea. I do because I know if I were in that situation, I'd want as many blessings as I could get.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it and there's no pressure.
1: Yes, you're not trying to make something happen. You're you're offering a gift,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's. uh, it, and that person doesn't have to accept that gift. You know, there are a lot of people that might be in those ambulances that have, had made a decision to die and they were committing suicide and they were kind of unhappy that um, they might not be successful.
0: Hmm. Yes, yes. So I,
1: I, I know that... There, um, there's always the opportunity for a person to say no. And, and that's, we have free will. That's what that's all about. You can say no, and that's your choice.
0: When you say uh, an individual can say no, uh, they can say no to giving, giving the energy as well as accepting the energy.
1: Yes, you can do. You, no goes in any direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I don't understand why a person would not be uh, willing to give energy unless unless they were in a situation where um, they their energy was. You could think of it as being sucked dry by a vampire. Um, and, and there are situations like that, and you've, we've all been in them, where it seems like the person, a person comes in the room and they're all down, and, and, uh, uh, and, and then they go over and they sit or stand next to the person in the room who seems to have the most energy, and suddenly you begin to watch and the energy shift occurs right before your eyes. The person who was so bright and sparkly in life of the party becomes more moderated in their responses. And the other person that came in a kind of in a gumpy, gloom mood is exciting and talking and, and yakking. Well, there was an exchange of energy. Uh, probably unbeknownst to both of them. Mm. But it still occurred, and it was like energy was trying to find a balance. Mm. Or, or the person who came in in the gumpy mood knew at an intuitive level, oh, I can re-energize myself by latching on to someone else. Mm. I don't think that's right. I think we should all learn how to to be our own energy creators. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to teach people that when they come in to see me as patients, that they can do that. It you know it does take a little bit of time, but so does everything else.
0: Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yes. Now, now. Raina, can you speak to us a little bit about you know if there's positive and negative energies um because when when to channel means to allow the energy to pass through yes, correct um, mm-hmm. so what about you know we hear of negative, we hear about positive we hear about. Like energy that is really dark and we hear about energy that's really light. So so mm-hmm. can you speak on that? Well more it's more um
1: how do I believe, I think, than um than anything else. I don't think the energy itself is negative or positive. I believe it's how people choose to use that energy is what determines whether it's positive or negative. Um, Electricity can be used to electrocute a man or it can be used to heat the vicar's teapot. Mm. And it's the same energy. And yes, I do believe that there are pockets of negative energy. I think there are people who, for whatever reason, have learned how to use energy in a way which is detrimental to other people and eventually to themselves.
0: When you say they've learned to, um, can you articulate that a little bit more? I, I mean, how do how do we learn? Ex- except, of course, if it's you know, uh, action and reaction to direct that sort of energy. I mean, we we see it if someone's angry and forceful. We we see that that very strong force field coming out, or we can feel when a person's angry or upset in some way, Mm -hmm. would that be considered like a negative energy?
1: I would consider it a negative energy. Mm -hmm. I I would consider anything a negative energy which doesn't contribute to a person's joy and and peace. And. I think you can go online and you can, you know, type in things like black magic and you can learn how to use black magic, which is black energy. Mm. Uh, uh, That's not new. That's that's been around for a, a long time. And sometimes... You know, uh, people like um, Aleister Crowley, who was um, supposedly a member of, I think it was the Golden Dawn, used um, negative energy extensively to accomplish the things that he wanted to accomplish. Mm. Uh, There's, you know, uh, Hitler had during his reign, he had a, a whole section, a whole department on occult studies, hmm. and and there's numbers of stories. Some of them are somewhat documented well that indicate that he was using black magic. Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: So uh, there's a, a particularly good. Book, um, it's called Um, The Spear of uh, Destiny by I believe it's um, Ravencroft, which has uh, been, I think, pretty well researched on the uses that Hitler and Himmler and some of the other people that he had around him, uh, how they used. Black magic. Mm. And I know there are people who say, no, 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 no. But there are still some things that remain that I don't have any other explanation for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I myself have chosen to look at it and say, uh, I choose to use the energy for light. I choose to use it in a, a way... That is positive and is going to be of benefit to people whether whether or not I ever know them mm. Mm. so i i may never I may never meet the person in the ambulance, but I have done what I think is the only thing I can do, which is to send in their direction a the feelings of positive um energy and that's about it
0: mhm mhm now uh through your your own practice do you feel as um the energetic work the energetic healing does it work most of the time only if say, the individuals open and wanting to get better <laughs> I, I
1: would say it it works probably 80% of the time. Mm. But it um in that 80%, not everyone is 100% um, cured or changed. That 80% includes people who who may say to me, "I feel 50% better than before I came in." Mm. Um <clears throat> the things that seem to respond the quickest to energy are um things related to acute pain um such as headaches uh sprains um, indigestion those um those more acute things respond faster mm than uh say someone who's had low back pain for twenty years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because in that case, there's more going on than just low back pain there there's some um some events that had occurred in the past which have never been uh dealt with
0: mm mm-hmm, mhm um and and with this energetic healing, um, what if an individual, for example, who has uh, a lower back pain, but that's also due to surgical procedures that had been done in the past? You know, like uh, how we hear of rods being set into people's backs and right. things like uh-huh. that, or sure. you know, like hip replacements, etc. I mean, what um, does the energetic healing work with those individuals?
1: It helps with those individuals, but that's where the energetic healing combined with the acupuncture makes a big difference.
0: Mm. And can you explain uh, that scenario?
1: Okay, let me just... um, There's something... It's fairly new in acupuncture. It's called uh, Battlefield acupuncture, and uh, it's referred to as the five combat points. And this was <laughs> Oh my goodness. When I I know. This was developed by a um a, I think I think he was an Air Force um colonel, a medical doctor who had some understanding of auricular or ear acupuncture hmm. and also how the different nerves feed into the ear where they go and he um he found five points on the ear that when he used them in 80% of his cases and now he's working with combat soldiers who cannot take pain medication because of their job uh, or what they're getting ready to do, and he found that in eighty percent of those cases, where he used those particular five points, the pain was decreased by at least fifty percent, and in many of the cases, it was totally eliminated, and it did not return. Hmm. And and that's just five needles. Now I've used those same points for people who have hip pain uh, or knee pain uh, shoulder pain I've used it for individuals with PTSD and the pain that results from that and I've had very good results I I would say that I more for me, it's more like seventy to eighty um, uh, percent, and I don't know if it's—I um, don't know why. Hmm. Um, it also works very well with migraine headaches. It gets rid of the pain of the, the migraine headache, and the headache doesn't return.
0: That's interesting. And it's just these five points in the on the ear itself. Just
1: five points on the ear itself.
0: And, yes. And are these the, you know, the, um, as some of the audience might not know, but they have different acupuncture needles. They have the long ones, which, you know, uh, when we come to see you, <laughs> you will insert into us. And they also have the press needles that you leave in for several days. These
1: are press needles.
0: So you do leave them in?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. They stay, in most people, they'll stay in anywhere from two to seven days. Hmm. Depending on how oily the skin is, how dry it is, um, how how much the person is poking and prying on their ears, because <laughs> you can you can remove those little, uh, but I I call them ear tacks, but um, you can
0: remove those. Hmm. Now, now, Rena, is it to both sides, like both ears, that you would insert in these particular points?
1: Actually, what I do is I have two points I start with. So the individual comes in. I have them activate. Like, for example, let's say they have hip pain. Mm-hmm. I ask them to walk up and down the stairs until the pain is at at least a six or seven. Wow. Then I put in the first two needles, and I asked them to walk again. If at that point the pain has been reduced by 50%, mm. I put all the needles in one ear. If, the point, if it hasn't been reduced by 50%, I then put the needles also in the other ear. Mm. And the results have been really great. I have like, I've learned, since I left school, I've learned a lot of new things that, uh, new acupuncture techniques that were never taught in school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and I understand why, because they only have so many hours to teach you, and so you only get the very um, basics. But for someone like myself, and a colleague of mine that I've uh, studied with and admire greatly, Mikio Sankey, who was on uh, on your program a week or two ago, for people like us who have many years of experience and have continued to learn new things, we can offer you a lot of uh, additional Healing, a lot mm-hmm. of ad- additional, uh, what we call balance and harmony in your system. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, now, so in order for you to, uh, when you work on your clients, so, so you've just said that when you uh, apply the acupuncture and then you apply the energetic healing, the energies, Um, Uh I I do believe that we learned from Dr. Sankey uh, a few weeks ago that, you know, the the individual who is also inserting the needles or doing the massage or doing whatever uh, practitioner that they are doing their service on the individual, it's very uh, important for that individual to also be, you know, have a, a, a nice history of wellness as well so that you're not passing on. A certain level of energy into that client that you're working on
1: oh I definitely agree with that uh, I think that if you're not in good health the first thing that needs to happen is you need to get yourself in good health and then you can go out and um, help others I, it's like when you're on the airplane. And the, the woman um, stewardess comes on and says, in case of a crash, accident, or whatever, put the bag over your mouth first before you try to help someone else. Mm. It's, just, it's the same principle. Mm. You, mm. you cannot help someone else effectively if you yourself do not have the ability, the energy, the balance, the harmony to um to take care of your own body. Mm. Now that's not to say that we uh, we don't get uh cold or a flu or that we're always in harmony. Good g- gracious, no. I mean I I have a regular meditation practice. Um I have a, a practice where I sit in um uh quietness to channel energies. Um, I still get a cold. I still have to, on a daily basis, take care of myself. I I don't get a free pass because Mm. I do this. Um, I'd like to.
0: (laughs) 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 But it doesn't happen. (laughs) Still human, still human. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now, okay. So we we've spoken about the energetic healing with the acupuncture and how mm-hmm. it heightens heightens the results. Now, what if, um, for example, the individual is very fearful of the acupuncture, and and we've run into many people who are. It's like no, no needles. I, I'm scared of needles. Um, what you know? What other practices would the energetic healing partner up with well?
1: For myself, one of the things I use are crystals Mm. um, because they have a lot of innate energy. Um, Sometimes I use essential oils. Um, Sometimes I use Reiki. Uh, Sometimes I use... um, uh, It's a little device that emits a microcurrent that rebalances the charges in the cells of the body, and and sometimes, if i'm doing healing from a distance, I am just using energy uh, you could say it's thought energy um, i don't know what I just call it energy, so that i'm I'm visualizing. A stream of energy going towards the individual who is who is lacking in balance and harmony.
0: mm, mm. So, so the, this is the, your process for healing at a distance. Your clients yes. who mm-hmm. may be uh, some distance away. Um, now. Is this through the phone, or does it, is that necessary, or is just basically the process and the focus that you carry?
1: I've done it both with the phone. I have a prayer time that uh, if someone asks me to do uh, send healing thoughts to an individual, uh, during that period of time, that's what I do, and that's a mental process. It doesn't require any um physical connection like a phone or something like that
0: mm, I see so so it's it doesn't matter at what time of the day this is what you would do.
1: no no i for myself, I usually try to do that kind of work um later in the evening
0: mm-hmm.
1: or very early in the morning.
0: yeah, uh, and is there a reason for that? Is there a specific reason?
1: I think that the energies that are rampant in the world are much quieter at that time.
0: I see. Uh, now, what if it's someone who lives in the other part of the world, like Asia? When it's night for us, it's day for them, and <laughs> vice versa. Well, they, I, I still think it,
1: it. The quietness is more for my sake. <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> so that I can be so I can stay focused and, and do the work. Yeah. <laughs> they can they can be doing whatever they want to do. But for myself I, I I need that. I need that little bit of space.
0: The space to connect and and so your clients who have worked with you over the phone or through skype which is like what we're doing right now um have you had really good results through this i mean do can they actually have they mentioned to you how they have been able to feel the shifts in their bodies
1: the what I would call the success rate of it is probably 60 to 80%. Mm. And uh, what they say they feel is uh, the headache went away. Um, They felt as though someone had put a a cold hand on their forehead and their fever decreased. Um, They have said that They were able to get up out of their chair with uh, greater ease and walk across the room or something and did not have that sharp, uh, agonizing pain. Mm. I'm trying to just recall, I think um, I've had some Almost all the time, one of the things that they report is they say they feel happier. it, it As though uh, something heavy was lifted from them. Um, and I don't know how to categorize that. It certainly mm. is not... Um, necessarily a physical thing, but it is something that is definitely reported n- more often than not.
0: Mm. Mm. I, how wonderful. I mean, it's just magnificent how we can connect now and, and work work with this energetic healing. Um, oh, now, yes. <laughs> yeah. Do these people, for example, need to know you're working on them? Uh, um, uh, for example is it's like you were speaking earlier on about the you know the fire truck or or something you just send out the blessings to to that situation um they don't need to know what's going on isn't that right no
1: they don't they don't need to know, but when I send energy, I always send it with um the intent to do no harm and for the highest, for the highest and the best for that individual. Mm, mm. And there, go ahead. There are sometimes when, whether we like it or not, the person who is ill really wants to die. They're in pain. Mm. They they don't they they don't want anyone to do anything that might cause them to live longer in that situation. And, and that's why I say when I do it, I do it for the highest and best good for all concerned.
0: Mm, mm, that's a lovely way to put it. I, I agree with you. There are certain situations where people really don't want what we may want, and to honor that, yes, to honor that mm-hmm. for them, yes, and mm-hmm. be compassionate and, and follow of their will. As opposed to our yes. own. <laughs> yes. We have, a, we have a habit here in humanity that is, you know, keeping things alive longer than they should be. I know, I know. <laughs> not only humans, but animals. I mean, it's like uh, they're not asking for this. <laughs> Why are we doing no,
1: they're not. And, you know, animals respond faster oh, to energy healing and work than human beings do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. People can, and and I know your listeners will know this. They if they have a pet that has something wrong, they can put their hands on their pet where that pain is at, and just um, talk to them gently or pray or whatever you wanted to do with your with your thoughts, and the pet responds.
0: Mm-hmm. Very,
1: mm-hmm. almost instantly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I, I think it's amazing.
0: Yes. It's, and uh, um, I find with uh, uh, pets or animals and children, it's almost like they're so yes. clean that the response is immediate. I mean, with oils, with any of the ed- energetic tools, basically, that it, whether it be light energy, uh, sound therapy, the response is magnificent. Yes, yes, you know. it is. It, it, I it, wish we could all be so so clear. Uh, yes, yes, I know. It's like what happened to us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We chose the wrong cell. No, <laughs> I don't know about um, that. Yeah, I, I don't know about that either. That was just uh, just kidding. Um, now, now. How do you feel like, for example, your thoughts on this? Um, because, you know, energetic healing from what uh, I have gathered from you works in all realms. I mean, all levels of life, um, daily life and, and distance work, uh, positive and negative, uh, thoughts and fields. Um, what about, um, if, if, in a situation where, uh, you clearly the individual, uh, that you are seeing or need to work in the same room with, etc., uh, you know that th- they may not like you, uh, if I can be as blunt to say that, or, or you, uh-huh. you may have some, something and you, you can't, you don't know what it is, but you may not like someone, uh, for whatever the, the reasons are, um. How about using energetic healing in that form, in that realm? Um,
1: in that realm, I I just I I go to my basic formula of uh, I send you energy for your highest and best good. I bless you, and I know that you're on the path to wherever it is you want to go.
0: Mm. No judgment,
1: and. And if the person is in my office and I have that feeling, I suggest that I'm not the best person to work with. And I would like to give them some references uh, for someone I think might be able to help them better than I could. Hmm. I don't feel it necessary to keep a patient when there's obviously uh, a major disconnect Mm -hmm. between myself and the patient.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you continue to teach as well, Dr. McGill? Yes,
1: Yes, I continue to teach. I have classes set up, um, or actually workshops and seminars Mm. set up that uh, will be offered this year. And um, I'm doing a series of classes uh, beginning in, uh, I think it's the end of January, on healing the pain body and esoteric healing and things of that nature.
0: Mm, mm. Well, you have to keep us definitely updated on all of that. <laughs> i was excited. Oh, I'd love to. Yes, and what is uh, your website you. that uh, people can also contact you by?
1: HealingEnergyCenter.com
0: HealingEnergyCenter.com. And on (laughs) that note, thank you so much, Dr. Irina McGill, for sharing your time and expertise with us here at Yoga Hub and with our communities. And uh, we look forward to having you back.
1: <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I, I so enjoy talking with you. It's such a pleasure. It, it's, thank it's you. It's
0: always fun. It's always fun. And um, we, we definitely will connect again. And of course, we'd like to thank Segovia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making this possible for all of us. And to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, one thirty p.m. Eastern, Wednesday's Paternity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anantara. And of course, again, we are always very grateful for any feedback that you might have. Please contact us at 818 Let's Talk. 818 Let's Talk. Until next time, Namaste. TV's Magical Medical Tour. Come join Dr. Glenn Woolman and Christina Suzama as they journey through the healthcare galaxy interviewing doctors, healthcare practitioners, in the attempt to share ways to achieve optimal health. Join us on yogahub.tv every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern.